Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem, pharmacists who care. And good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us here on 101.9 HiFM for the Dischem Medical Monday. I'm Kathy Kaylin. I'm standing in. And um, we're going to be talking about pain and pain management, specifically looking at the medications that are used for pain management. We all have heard, you know, the name fentanyl. We know that it was responsible, or at least it's uh, it's been said to be responsible for the death of Michael Jackson and uh, the artist formerly known as Prince and Symbol and anyway that guy also he also died from fentanyl. But uh, I actually want to before. I before I even continue, let me tell you that the team this morning, we have uh, on production, we have Harry Seleke on engineering. I have Craig Guthrie engineering for me. My name is Kathy Kayla. And joining me, sitting opposite me, is the dispensary manager from Diskem Linksfield, David Kahn. How are you? Hi, Kathy. Great. Thank you. I'm so pleased that I didn't scare you off <laughs> <laughs> last time we did a show together. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about pain medications and what to watch out for. Before we even go there, I want to tell you about a personal story. Many years ago, I used to suffer from terrible, terrible migraines. They used to make me ill. You know, half half my vision would disappear. Everything had like a green tinge. It was It was really, really bad. And as a young single mom with two kids to look after, you cannot afford to be in pain. So I go and see my doctor, my GP, and he prescribes this wonderful, incredible drug for me. Blue and white pills called Lentagesic. And I took the I took the first dose and it sorted out my headache. And everything was right in the world, David. There was no edges on anything. Everything was a happy, happy, happy place. The next day, I didn't have a migraine, and I found myself wishing for a migraine so that I could take more of these lentagesic. At that point, I went and I flushed my supply down the toilet. I called up my doctor, and I said, you need to write on my file, I am never, ever, ever to be prescribed these pills ever, ever again. And I wasn't, because now I was also aware of it. Right, and I could yeah. say something. Around the same time, there was a a, a woman who who lived in my complex, and she was uh, she was unable to be gainfully employed. Um, unfortunately, her son was taken away from her. Just a really, really tragic story, and you know, just watching her life, it, it was almost like watching. A jersey unravel. Have you ever pulled a, you know, you you pull a, the string of the jersey and and the whole thing just, it just unravels, and that's what was happening to her life. And when I asked about, you know, what is the story? Because sometimes you need to know the backstory in order to help somebody. And I did want to help her. She was a very sweet woman. I was told that she was addicted to prescription medications. Uh, her marriage had failed because of it. She had lost her son. She had lost her job. And she had become addicted to medications through lentagesic. Yeah. And I just think it's so easy to become addicted to these medications. And because a doctor has written it down, we think, well, we have to have it. And we need it. And not only that, is that my doctor is endorsing it for me. And I think that therein lies the risk. We need to realize, I think, at some point that we are partners with our doctors and we have to take part responsibility. So, on that interesting note, is Lentagesic still around? Lentagesic and its co-product, Sinaleve, were discontinued about 14 years ago. Yeah. They were withdrawn from this market. Yes, (laughs) yes. 
but so um, highly addictive. Uh, addictive. It was just unbelievable, unbelievable drug. It, it was a wonderful pain therapy. However, there were instances where people such as yourself would react like that. Yeah. So that's why. But how often? How often are people stressed out today? We don't realize the stresses. We take a pill. It makes us feel better. So we take another pill, and before you know it, you know, you are finding different ways to get more scripts so that you can get more of these pills. So can we talk yeah. about pain medications? I mean, I don't think anybody yes. is oblivious to the fact <clears throat> that there's an opioid crisis in the United States. I was watching a documentary on the opioid crisis, and it ha it's been going on for a number of years. And, uh, you know... When you look around Johannesburg, you've got the JMPD officers. If you're very lucky, you see them doing their, you know, their patrols. In the United States, the patrol, the patrol cars, they all carry these Noxalone um, uh, syringes, which is it counteracts the the drug okay. overdose. The yes. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, parents, parents sitting in in their cars overdosing, their kids are in the back seat. It's just, it's absolutely shocking. How did we get there? All right, can we talk For, about... Fortunately, we don't seem to have that situation in South Africa. Thank God. Thank God. Absolutely. All right. Um, David, I want to mention some names, and then maybe we can just talk about it. Sure. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to get in touch, I'd love to hear from you. You can send a text message on 34519. Those SMSs are charged at one rand fifty. You can also send me a telegram on 061-895-1019 or you can give us a call in studio and that number is 0101403020. We're talking about pain medications and uh, just making you aware of the risks so that you can tra treat your pain responsibly. Okay, so the most common pain medication? Paracetamol. Really? Safe? Paracetamol is the safest. Um, there's always the risk um, of long from long-term therapy of liver damage, <clears throat> but it's proven over many years. If taken regularly at the correct dose, you are safe. And paracetamol actually acts in the brain, um, mm. so it, it's a potent effective painkiller which should take care of a huge percentage of pain and fever experienced by people it and does need to be taken regularly right, every pain, four to six pain hours. is in the brain we may yes. think that you know you yeah. prick your finger you may yeah. think that you feel it in your finger but actually feeling it in your brain it's the nerves that are connecting to your Correct. brain yes yeah so your acute pain so, you could use paracetamol yes. safely but not long term correct I mean, people do take it long term um, to manage chronic pain. Really? Yes. I didn't it, know. It has a lot. I mean, y your your choices are paracetamol, and then your anti-inflammatory drugs, right. particularly if it is skeletal pain, or if there is inflammation involved. Yeah. Um, the inflammatory anti-inflammatory drugs mostly have negative effects on the kidneys, so kidney function has to be taken into consideration. Um, and paracetamol should be the, the foundational treatment. If it is deep organ pain, then you could add some codeine to it. It is available over the counter. Um, you get your combinations of paracetamol with codeine, not so popular, however, your your combinations of paracetamol, codeine, and anti-inflammatory, brand names, Genpain, Mipridol, those work very well. However, it is best... Mipridol or codeine? Yes. Oh, didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Mipridol and Genpain are the same product, Yeah. essentially. Um, paracetamol, ibuprofen as an anti-inflammatory, and codeine. Without the codeine, the product is branded as MyPaid or Ibupain. And that, that is a much safer general combination go-to product 
for pain, inflammation, fever without the codeine. Codeine causes a, a rebound effect. And that's what results in people becoming dependent. What do you mean by so, rebound effect? Um, that you need more you of need it? You need it again, yeah. You need yes. it again and more of it because yes. it becomes less yes. efficient. Or <coughs> yes. yes. Codeine is related to morphine. It, it works on the morphine receptors in the body. So it's it's an essential drug. It's yes. on the WHO essential drug list. It's a brilliant cough suppressant. It's a brilliant painkiller. Um, not as potent as morphine and not as potent as oxycodone, which would be your oxynorms, yeah. your, your Schedule 6 drugs. Um, I would imagine that more than 90% of pain conditions that are treated with Mipridol and its generics <coughs> could easily be treated without the codeine. However, it's certainly the go-to drug in South Africa, and um, in most countries it's become much less accessible to the public, so our, our visiting expats are always stocking up on the codeine-based products before going home to Australia and Israel. Oh, that's what they're telling you. <laughs> <laughs> they came back yeah. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kathy Kayla. This is Disco Medical Monday. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. My guest is the dispensary manager at Disco Linksfield pharmacist, uh, David Kahn. And if you've got any questions, what we are doing is we are not telling you what needs to be treating what. We want to educate you about pain medications. Well, certainly David does. I'm just here to hold, to hold his hand and, you know, have the conversation. If you've got any questions about pain medications, perhaps you're on a medication and, you know, you've got some questions about it, you can either give us a call, 0101403020. You'll be live on air. You can also send through a, uh, a text to either SMS, and that number is 34519. Let me say that again, 34519. Or you can send through a telegram, and that number is 061-895-1019. And uh, very happy to take any any questions about your medications. Right, David? Yeah. Okay, so you can get on and do that. Before we get back to talking about pain medications, I want to ask you, is your shopping list longer and your time shorter? Diskim Delivered has you covered. From healthcare essentials to baby food, beauty and toiletries, whatever you need. Diskim Delivered has you covered. Download the easy-to-use Diskim app and shop over 7,000 products at in-store prices that will be delivered to you within just 60 minutes. Now you can relax while Diskim delivers your essentials to you. It's that simple. Diskim Delivered from Diskim to you. Diskim Pharmacy, say it with me, pharmacists. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. And because Discam care, we're actually talking about medications to educate you about medications. So two weeks ago we were talking about medications that are prescribed for one for one condition but are being used for another condition specifically to lose to lose weight, and had a tremendous amount of feedback. From, from that show with David Kahn, who's my guest this morning. And, uh, we, today we thought we'd tackle pain medications. This isn't a show to diagnose. Firstly, it would be irresponsible for a doctor to diagnose anybody over the radio. That's the first thing. Second thing is that David is a pharmacist. He's a pharmacist who cares tremendously, but he's not going to, it's not his job to diagnose you. So we're not dealing with that. What we are dealing with are the medications, because that's what pharmacists deal with. That and being expert handwriting, you know, <laughs> specialists. <laughs> you can decipher doctors' writings, but hey, let's, that's in a whole nother show. It's a form of art appreciation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's like one little squiggly line that pharmacists will look at and say, oh, that's Voltaren. <laughs> really. Okay, right. So if you want to get in touch, you've got questions about your medications, specifically your pain medication, please send through an SMS or a telegram, and that number is 34519 on SMS, 
0614-895-14819. You can also send through a telegram on 061-895-1019. And if you want to actually talk to David, you can give us a call. And that number is 0101-403020. How easy is that? 0101-403020. All right, so now we're talking about medications, the, the pain medications. So we've spoken about the safest is paracetamol. It works on the brain. It's very effective against acute. You can't use it long term. Uh, the same with ibuprofen. Correct. Right, which yeah. is your anti-inflammatory. Yes. It has been associated, ibuprofen, as an ingredient with, um, uh, what's GED? Gastric. Your, your anti-inflammatory agents all have the potential to have gastric side effects. Yes. Yes. And increase the risk of gastric bleeding. Yes. So... Um, there are actually two products out there which combine an anti-inflammatory with a drug to protect your stomach. Um, oh, that's clever. Yeah. Um, th- those are normally used for your, your chronic arthritis, ankylosing spondylosis, which is a spinal degenerative disease. Yes. Um, so th- they need the long-term treatment and protection. Okay. There's a message here, David, for you from one of our listeners. He says, hi, is Stopane addictive? What's the difference between Micradol and Stopane? And says, thanks. That's a great question. Thank you so much. And if you've got questions, 34519 is the text line or 061-895-1019. Over to you, Mr. Khan. Stopane can be a highly addictive pain treatment as well. The difference between Stopane and Micradol Stopane doesn't contain an anti-inflammatory. It contains paracetamol and codeine, just like Mipridol. <clears throat> it also contains a centrally acting muscle relaxant called meprobamate. So the combination of the codeine and the muscle relaxant can be addictive in patients. And um, Discovery Health have imposed a limitation on stopane and certain of the morphine derivative painkillers to restrict it to one supply every quarter now that they would cover without special motivation Um, because of that they're they're trying to drive the I'll use the word abuse down the potential for abuse down by discouraging its regular prescribing and consumption. Listen, pain is a terrible thing to live with. Chronic pain... It is really is terrible. incredibly debilitating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And surprisingly... Um, it has an impact ago, on everything. It has an impact on yeah, your relationships, yeah. your personal relationships. Yes. Everything, the mm. way that you work, your ability to be, you know, to be effective in the yes. world. It's a, just a terrible. Yes. And so... That's why it's very yeah. important that we know the risks associated with certain medications and perhaps there is a better solution. Yeah. Um, over the past few years, the big buzz in the community worldwide has been cannabis, cannabis-based products. And there, there was a lot of homemade product being moved around and people were buying it, particularly for cancer patients. The problem with those products is that there was no standardization and separation of the elements because for, for your cancer, you need the, top grade. the THC, mm. not, not the top grade, oh. but you need the element from the cannabis that actually creates the high. Mm. That works in cancer therapies. However, the cannabidiol, the CBD, is what works for pain and epilepsy and Parkinson's and now we have standardized products available off the shelf and I think because it's suddenly legal people seem to have forgotten about it and it's absolutely worth trying these products over a month or two to see what benefit they're going to give you if you are suffering from chronic pain so you're saying that it is actually regulated now it's regulated yes so you yes. can actually you can walk in and distinguish which one you need, either yeah. the THC or, or the you CBD. can't buy THC. You can't over buy the THC. Okay. No, that that's, that's on prescription. prescription. 
So it is it is available, it is regulated, and that's the, the, the law is changing and moving towards that. However, at the moment, the CBD element is available and is legal. I've been hearing about gummies. Is it CBD or THC gummies? It They're like these little gummy sweets and, you know, for pain, okay. but people are kind of taking a... A little bit of a trip with them as well. Okay, then it's probably homemade, and you don't know what the combination <laughs> run, is. Run, baby, run. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. yeah, homemade. Just be a little mm. bit. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. there's less of a hype around the cannabis oil now that it is more regulated. Yes, the people who need it are getting it. It's not something that's mm. you know on the black market or yes or underground anymore. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, it's it's not kept in the dispensary. It's kept in the health aisle so as pharmacists we we know it's there we can recommend it we don't see the cells going off the shelf right um but i i feel that people should be considering that as an alternative Try to it. Yes. yeah um yeah how do you know if you are addicted to medication pain medication dependence or addiction yeah. addiction is requiring more and more to achieve the same result okay dependence is you know that you can't survive without it so okay, dependence might not be a bad thing because it's managing you at a level dependence in my mind like just as a, as a lay person is saying you're dependent on this medication because it is managing your pain but yes. you could also be dependent on it because you are addicted to it it's changing your behavior you couldn't get through a day without that yes right so um what are the signs i mean if you if should anyone ever try and just stop a pain medication just to test there's no harm in doing that it's not going to increase the the pathological condition that's there it's not going to deteriorate yeah it's the pain medication is turning off signals that are causing the pain transmitting to your brain you, you you're still experiencing everything that's there it is blocked your your anti-inflammatories decrease the inflammation surrounding that area the localized area the source of the pain so that can alleviate it and resolve it permanently yes but if it's chronic pain um, for whatever reason it may be there you need that constant block to prevent the breakthrough and if if you are requiring more and more and more of a drug something needs to change yeah possibly the drug the drug possibly surgery yeah um, i mean for for a spine issue basically you try and avoid surgery at all costs basically until you can't walk right um but at some point, the medications can only take you so far. Correct. Before you yes. actually have to do something mechanical. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. Um, can we talk about something called Percocet? Percocet seems to be quite prescribed here in South Africa. It's an opioid. Oxycodone. Oxycodone. Ox okay. So yeah. maybe we should go through some of these as well. I mean, I, I really like your solutions much better than this. But... Uh, yeah. I think it's called Percocet, isn't it? In called South Percocet? Africa, it's Oxynorm or Oxycontin. Oxycontin. Yeah. Um, um, we, don't get, we don't get Vicodin here. No. No? No. Um, but we do get morphine in different forms. We get morphine. Uh, we get codeine in different forms. Do we get fentanyl? We get fentanyl in transdermal patches. That's used for plaster. It's a plaster. Um, How did something like fentanyl go, which is a, it's a drug that was strictly used and developed for use in surgery? Yes. How did that find its way to the consumer market? Um, I mean, do we know? Is it that good? I mean, it's, it's 100 times yeah. more powerful than morphine. Correct. 100 times. Yes. That's, yeah. It's unbelievable. So if, if you're delivering micrograms transdermally via plaster there's there's no potential for abuse or overdose it has to be managed it's a schedule 6 drug so it, it is incredibly well controlled 
I mean, that that is normally used for cancer patients, yes. terminal patients. Um, it's a lot more potent than morphine. It doesn't have the side effects of morphine. Morphine is normally reserved for palliative care. Yes. Because of its effects on respiratory depression. Um, and post-surgery, I think, as well. Post-surgery, yes. Yes. Um, it's almost approaching legal euthanasia. Yeah. Starting people onto morphine. Yeah. All right, if you've got any questions, we're talking about pain medications. Are you on a pain medication? Are you somebody who, I don't know, perhaps you don't like to take medications if you've got a headache? You say, well, you know what, I'm just going to go and drink some water and lie down like we do on Shabbos if we've got a headache, right? Um, but if you are on a medication, have you ever read the package insert? I'd be interested to know from you if you've read the package insert of your medication, whatever whatever. Whatever it is, have you ever read the package insert of Panado? You know your paracetamol or your uh, Disprin. Disprin isn't paracetamol, is it? Disprin is aspirin. Aspirin. Okay, so that's another group of painkillers that we haven't really looked at because they also the do a whole lot of other things. Disprin is in the the class of the the anti-inflammatories, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'd be very interested to know from you if you. Are on a on a painkiller, on painkilling medication, and uh, if you've ever read the package insert, let me know. Three four five one nine. That is a text line, or zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. And uh, this is the Discam Medical Monday show. I'm Kathy Kayla. I'm standing in, and my guest is dispensary manager and pharmacist at Discam Linksfield. His name is David Conn. We're talking about pain medications. If you've got any questions. Send them through. Same numbers, 34519 on SMS or Telegram, 061-895-1019. Okay, let's, let's talk about these, these other groups. Okay, so you said that there are anti-inflammatories and then you've got your paracetamols and those are the two main over-the-counter type, um, pain medications. Yes. So if it's, if it's for muscular, um, pain, like something like a K-Fenac, or anything like that, then that would be anti-inflammatory. Correct, right? yes. Your okay. anti-inflammatories are all available over-the-counter for short-term use, um, for treating gout, for treating sports injuries, not for chronic treatment of arthritis. Um, they are open to abuse by people because That's it's more cost-effective. Yeah. They will come in and buy it every three days. Really? Um because those are the restrictions. Um, we understand that there's, there's costs involved in getting consults to get prescriptions for long-term treatment, so people do do that. Um, a lot of gout sufferers treat their, their gout with short-term anti-inflammatories, which is essentially very wrong, because when you've got gout, you've got uric acid crystals crystallized all over your body, Grinding away at every joint surface. Gout isn't oh merely. That sounds so painful. <laughs> that really sounds is, so painful. It can become an incredibly debilitating disease, and it needs serious intervention long term to prevent it doing the damage it can do. So taking the anti-inflammatories is always a quick fix, and is going to lead to problems further down the road. So. For decades, yeah. can we just talk a little bit about gout? I mean, for mm -hmm. for decades, it was referred to as the rich man's rich man's disease, right? It's still classed as a lifestyle disease or rich Is man's it really? disease. Okay, mm. so so you'd have to adjust your diet and you can try. Okay. I mean, some some people just cannot achieve that result with diet, and as hard as they try. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they, their bodies accumulate uric acid for some reason. It, it's a metabolic issue, and it is unfair on those in those instances. Yeah. However, a, a person will know if it is related to something particular in their diet. They'll know the trigger points, and they can avoid it. Sure. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, some other medications that I wanted to talk about. So we spoke about uh, fentanyl, which you said is yes. really, is, it's it's a hundred times more powerful than morphine and is often used, um, you know, in cancer patients. Yes. And, you know, once you're on morphine, right, and it's one more thing that you've got to try once the morphine stops because there's only so much morphine that you can have. Yes. Before it's going to, yes. you know. Yeah. Possibly and take they, your life. Yeah, there, there there are plenty of people around who are on a chronic dose of fentanyl and its its related related products. Yes, um, they they can't live without their their weekly plaster, and it it keeps them on keel with a good balanced life. So it has its place. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, can we talk a little bit about oxycodone? How how yeah. often is it prescribed here in South Africa? And what are the brand names that we would know it as? It's Oxycontin and Oxynorm. Okay. Oxynorm is your, your instant release formulation, whereas Oxycontin is the slower release formulation, which is taken every 12 hours. Um, once a person is put onto oxy Contin, oxynorm, the, their prescriber needs to titrate their dose up over a period of weeks until they achieve pain control, and then they would go on to a maintenance dose for the duration of therapy. We don't have a huge amount of people on regular chronic oxynorm, oxycontin in the country. That's good news. That's very good mm. news. Okay. Yeah. All right, um, so... Yeah, and then I mean the the other area, just to move away from oxynorm, oxycontin with pain treatment. Once once you've used your your paracetamols and your codeines or your your tramadols, um, <coughs> physicians start looking at the neurological side of pain. So if the pain is related to spine or um, intense nerve agitation at the site. The the prescribers can start using your some of your antidepressant drugs, which work on the transmission. And um, you get your drugs like Lyrica, and some of your anti-epileptic drugs, because they calm down how nerves fire. They are also instrumental in adding to the armamentarium of what's available to treat pain. Right. I actually remember learning learning this. I did an interview with a professor at Harvard Medical School, and it was actually about um, about pain. And he's the one who explained that acute pain is, you know, think of pricking your finger. When you feel that, you're not feeling it in your finger. You're feeling it in your brain. Yes. Um, the problem is, is that if you have that pricking finger or you have that acute pain long enough, your brain creates a neural pathway that even once you take away the, you mechanically remove whatever it is that's causing the pain, the, you will still feel pain. And that's yes. where you get this long-term pain. And that's, Correct. that's why you have <coughs> to try and manage your pain while it's still acute. Yes. Because once, it's, once you've got this long-term pain, then it's very, yeah. very difficult yeah. to treat. One of the saddest long-term pain issues is post-herpetic pain where people have shingles. Yes. I mean, there, there are people that suffer, they, they live a life of hell. Really? And nothing will work on that. Really nothing? No. No. Not cannabis and oil? They, they, they've, they've been through them all. They take everything. Nothing works on that pain. And unfortunately, a lot of prescribers don't focus on at the at the onset of shingles to put people onto a high dose of vitamin B complex, which can have a, a profound neuroprotective effect. So it's it's one way of it's insurance against developing that long-term pain syndrome. Yeah, and we we often forget about that and. Our pharmacists are so busy that they aren't focused. They're focused on the prescription presented and forget to, 
to add that on at the point of dispensing. How safe is it to take um, more than one painkiller at a time? So, for example, you take a codeine-based, say, a syrup, right, which would be fast-acting but short-acting. In addition to that, you take some something that would be long-acting but slow-acting. I mean, is that <coughs> do you hear the scenario yes. that I'm pace, yes. posing? But two completely different I painkillers. Mean, is that safe? Well, you if if you're adding codeine and a long-term, a, a long-acting cousin to morphine, because codeine and morphine are opioids, mm. you multiplying the potential for side effects and the most concerning side effect of those drugs is always respiratory depression and the in well the inability to breathe so it, it's a potentially very dangerous interaction happening there our listeners are very quiet this morning david they took their drugs so <laughs> 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 That's just rude. <laughs> okay, so if you didn't take your drugs this morning, <laughs> if you've got any questions for David Kahn, he's a pharmacist. He is the uh, dispensary manager at Discam Linksfield. We're talking about we're talking about pain management, and specifically about drugs that manage pain. What are the pitfalls? What are the upsides? You know, I. I'm I'm inclined to think that you're a little bit quiet because maybe you're just so engrossed in what this brilliant man is saying. That's what I'm thinking. But perhaps you have a question. We're going to give you another five minutes. And um, you want to get in touch, you can either give us a call on 0101403020. That is the telephone line here. You can give us a call. You can speak to David. You can ask him any question you like about your pain medications, if you are on pain medication. You can also send a text a text message to 34519. That will come through to studio. If you don't want your name mentioned, don't put your name on. And uh, you can also send a telegram if you like. And that number is 61 895-1019. I'm Kathy Kayla. This is Discam Medical Monday. Give us a call. Get in touch. Let's talk pain medication. This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. Not sure. David, is it safe to, um, to say to your pharmacist, look, I think there is a problem with, with the medication that I'm taking? I mean, would it be safe to say to a pharmacist, well, you know, I just feel like I need to increase the dose or, you know, maybe speak to the pharmacist about, is it somebody that, is is that something that you'd speak to your pharmacist about or is that something that you'd, you're better off speaking to your GP about? I think your pharmacist is your first port of call and they have the resources to check all of the medications that you're taking for potential overdoses or interactions. That's true, and actually. If you've got two different doctors, they could be prescribing correct, something not yes. knowing what the other has prescribed. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's it, it's actually a, a worthwhile exercise to to have your pharmacist perform at any stage um, if you're taking multiple medications to ask them to to run through everything and see the potential for interactions and sometimes those interactions can be causing a lot of symptoms okay so there are that's so a very very good question there are so many messages that have just come through <laughs> so um let's have a look hi it's impossible to get ozempic anywhere it always seems to be sold out. Is it safe to use as an appetite inhibitor for anyone? Great question. Thank you so much. Ozempic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen to the show from last week. Not last week, the week before. We 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 need an Ozempic hotline. Yeah. Okay, well, there you I, go. I just feel that there, there's absolutely no point in commencing Ozempic therapy because once you're on it, you need to be on it for life. And there's no point in stopping and starting. You're going to have a roller coaster of benefit and then 
if you can't get supplies, actually yeah. you're, you're going to do that yeah. whole yo-yo thing. Yeah, and the the weight loss demand on the product is being very unfair to the diabetic patients out there, and unfortunately, suddenly everybody's diabetic. Well, that could actually be true. Mm. It, yeah. it could be undiagnosed. Yes. Diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody slim and wants yes. to lose, yeah. you know, four or five yeah. kilos, please don't yeah. take Ozempic. Yes. Um, the, 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 there's a, a frenzy of activity among manufacturers to get product to market. I'm sure. There's a newer product coming to market in the States. I'm not sure when it will be here, which from a weight loss perspective is about 15% more effective than Ozempic even, so... Okay, now, this, now the, you've got everybody's space. attention. I just actually heard yeah. a silence across the, <laughs> la- the airways. What's it called? Yeah. Um, just that we can start harassing you now for it at Discam. I'm trying to remember the name. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Does Mipradol contain codeine? Another SMS coming through. Yes, Mipradol does contain codeine. Okay, another one that's coming through. Um, hi, David. Is Nurofen a better, stronger alternative to Panada for adults? Great question. Thank you. Nurofen, in combination with Panada, um, has a much more beneficial effect than either drug on their own. Yes. And you, you get a better result using less of, less of each individually. So that's why we have um, the product MyPaid or Ibupain. Okay. Which is a combination. Very effective. It's not a it's not a case of one plus one equals two, it's a multiplying effect when you add drugs like that together. Um just like if you're on an anti inflammatory for treating an arthritic condition, if you add paracetamol to it, it enhances the effect magnifies in most it. magnifies right. it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um would you like another question? I think we should go to I think we should go to the lines actually. <laughs> Good morning. To whom are we speaking? Hello. Hello. You're speaking to Sandra. Hello, Sandra. Thanks for the call. Can I please ask you to turn your radio off in the background? Sorry, I work you quite right. Sorry. No. You quite right. Sorry. I have an urgent question to ask. It's not actually about painkiller. I have rheumatoid arthritis and I've been on metatrexate and I'm now on rheumalef for quite a long time. Is this harmful to the kidneys and the liver? Great questions. There, There is always potential for harm to the kidneys and the liver. However, with your regular six monthly checkups, your physician, your rheumatologist would be performing liver function tests or kidney function tests to monitor your response to those drugs and they would identify if there's any alarm bells with regards to your treatment. Sandra, are you there? No, okay. All right, so I hope that that answered the question. Yeah, if you want to give us a call, you're welcome to. 0101403020. And my guest in studio, the guest expert actually, is the pharmacy manager and pharmacist, David Kahn. He is based at uh, Dinks, Diskem Linksfield, and uh, he's very happy to answer your questions. Okay, and we're talking about pain medication, and lots of messages coming through. I do apologize. I don't know. I don't know what was happening with the system, but they all came through at once. About fifty of them. So hopefully, I'll get to yours. Um, another message. I've been taking Domodol. Is it Domodol? Tramadol. Yes. It says Domodol, a generic of Tramacet, for fourteen years for very severe arthritis and osteoporosis. I'm totally dependent on four tablets daily. I've never increased the dosage and have not read the insert as I really don't want to know all the side effects that shall kill me. You know, I'm right there with you, actually. Sometimes it's better to just be an ostrich. Um, After all, the insert covers every possible disease so that they cannot be sued. I'm 83, so what the hell? (laughs) It helps. And if I'm going Mm. to become an addict, not long to go. 
But could you talk about Traverset? <laughs> Thank you so much for that message. <laughs> I love that. I'm 83, so what the hell? <laughs> Tra- Traverset is also one of the cousins to morph- morphine, yes. Um, it does have the potential for abuse. However, you can certainly happily keep taking your four per day and enjoy your pain-free life at your age. Okay. Well done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm there with you. <laughs> I think you should have a lachaim. Uh, Bernard's got a question for you. He says, hi, Kathy. Please ask David if he can comment on the use and possible benefits of ribose. Is it ribose? R-I-B-O-S-E. Ribose. No. No? No. Okay. Um, hi, is Nurofen a better, stronger alternative to Panado for adults? I think we'd answer that. Yes, we do. Don't you answer that? Yes. And do you think betadine mouth gargle is enough for tonsillitis? Betadine mouth gargle is a brilliant product for tonsillitis. You have to use it every hour and a half, hour to hour and a half. Um, It is an exceptional product. Okay, well, there you go for tonsillitis. Uh, good morning, Kathy and pharmacist David Kahn. I could listen all day. A fascinating discussion. Please expand a bit on a long-term treatment for chronic gout, asking for my dear friend Gertie. And uh, also, apparently, Gertie's not on medical aid. <coughs> um, chronic treatment for gout is either achieved via over-the-counter culture scene on a daily low dose, otherwise um, the prescribed drug, which the the trade name is Puricos, the generic name is Allopurinol, that needs to be taken on a daily basis. Um, there there are other generation older generation drugs, but they seem to be difficult to get hold of at the moment. Um, the the generic name is Probenicid. Um, Supply has been very erratic the last year, so your allopurinol is probably the very best choice. It's not expensive. It does the job. There's no new advances in treatment of gout. Um, I think it's drug companies haven't really focused attention on it because of the success of these products that are out in the marketplace already. Okay. Um, some other messages coming through. Um, hi, could the pharmacist please comment on the development of tinnitus after long-term aspirin use? Mm. Saw this with my late mother being put on one aspirin. That's interesting. I've never heard mm. of that. Is there a mm. relationship between Absolutely. the Absolutely, yes. Why? Um, Do we know? We don't know why. Tin- tinnitus is a, it's a, ringing in your a ears, very isn't it? mystery condition. Is it, it is ringing in your ears. It's ringing in the ears, yes. Yeah. Um, some people... Some people live with it. Some people really struggle with it. It can keep them awake at night even. Um, if you have an overdose over a period of time of aspirin, it can certainly bring it on. It can be reversible. Um, but in most instances, once you develop tinnitus, it is there for life. Um, it does. It, it can be rescued via audiometry um, sometimes I mean if if you imagine turning up a, a hi-fi system to its maximum volume and the speakers start breaking down that's almost what happens in audiometry with tinnitus where you, you lose the ability to hear a certain frequency mm. and your brain starts playing tricks on you and turns up the volume of trying to listen to that frequency. And because you're turning up the neurological volume, it causes a breakdown and you start developing tinnitus. So an audiologist would be able to diagnose that and treat it, I'll say, with hearing aids, where they bring back that sound or amplify the sound that you are deficient in hearing. So and the that, brain that can co- compensate correct, for it. Correct, yes. So it will neutralize your brain's compensation. So that that is worth exploring if a person does develop tinnitus. However, there, there are many um, 
snake oil salesmen out there with products and devices to treat tinnitus, and none of them seem to work. Okay. Thank you. I think well answered. Um, Carol's got a question for you. It says, morning, Kathy and David. What about inhalers? Are they bad over a long period? Do they have an effect on the throat? So I imagine that you were talking about, uh, we had a question about tonsillitis and betadine. Betadine, mouth gargle. Mouth gargle. Mouthwash. Yeah, so maybe this is related to that. Inhalers, I presume you're maybe referring to spray. inhalers for treating asthma. Pain? Um, no. If it's asthma inhalers, your your steroids in those products, um, it's all extremely low dose direct treatment, so there isn't potential for much side effect. It's very important to use those products before food or at least to wash your mouth out after using them. Otherwise, the, the steroids in the products can cause oral thrush. Um, oh, besides that, no things your pharmacist doesn't usually tell you. <laughs> okay, so that's very that's very important. That if you're using an inhaler, so this is anything for asthma. Yes, is that is that what you're saying? Yes, it's got a steroid in it, so you should rinse your mouth out with water. Either that, after or you've use taken it, your dose. or use it before your meal, because eating is rinsing your mouth out. That's amazing. That's yeah. really amazing. Very important. Carol, I hope that that answered your question. The, ca the question wasn't that clear. Okay. And being blonde, I do have my moments okay. of challenges. Um, <laughs> another message that's coming through. Uh, let's just have a look. There are so many messages. Uh, Rolene says, you asked whether we read the inserts in the medicine pack. How many people do you think read the inserts of medicine packs, David? Not many at all. Um do you want to know when, why? When, when I was a teenager, <laughs> I, I read the package insert for for grip-on capsules that I was taking once, and yeah. the end result of that is that I'm a pharmacist today. <laughs> so, this one's got legs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, Rolene, thank you so much, Ro. She says, you asked whether we read the inserts in the medicine pack. I did, and it was over a meter long, so I gave up <laughs> and asked Byron, who is a mentee of David. Okay, so that's nice. Thank you so much, Rolene. And then uh, uh. we've actually got a wrap-up. We've got a wrap-up, David. But uh, there's a question that's come. It says, I have a question not related to pain medication. If I'm allowed to ask, it's regarding Vyvanse. Is it Vyvanse? Yes. For ADHD. Well, you know what? Your timing is actually perfect because David is coming back in two weeks' time and we're going to be talking about medications that are being used for ADHD so that you understand them, whether it is Ritalin, whether it is Concerta, whether it is Vyvanse, whether it is all these different medications. So you're going to have to join us then. David Kahn, thank you very, very much and looking forward to learning more about medications thank you so am i <laughs> and uh, as i said david is the dispensary manager he's also a pharmacist at Discam linksfield thank you so much to craig guthrie my engineer thank you very much to my producer harry selecki and of course thank you to you i'm kathy kayla i'll be back on your radio in two weeks god bless stay safe well actually next week stay safe god bless be healthy bye